0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast. I'm Rodney Elmer, and we've got everybody in the old sound studio today except for Cocoa Puff.
1: No, Puff. I know.
0: The boys and I are here, and today we're going to talk about being comfortable in the woods.
1: Yeah, we want to talk about um, a few things that, you know, over our experience of, you know, from the day one getting into the woods to now, um, that have helped us, you know, feel at home in the woods, kind of regardless of where we are, what time of season it is, what time of day or whatever, because... You know, one of the things that determines how, how well your experience is when you're hunting is, you know, what your environment's like and like yep. being able to deal with whatever the woods are like and what your gear setup is and all these other things. So we're going to kind of talk about the the whole umbrella of what it takes to, to really be, you know, at home in the woods. And of
0: course, getting everybody that you want to hang around with or want to go to the woods to be comfortable too because that that's an equal thing too. I can remember um the very first time I committed to going out and spending the night in the woods. And I was a teenager and my buddy's like let's go try this and we'll go <laughs> we'll go to where my tree stand is. Uh, his, it wasn't a tree stand, his his stand. It's like where he always sat. And it was just above a uh official Vermont kids fishing brook. So we went go down almost to Gunners Brook down there and we went into the guy's, um, our neighbor's land and didn't tell anybody and just snuck in there. And, and You criminals.
1: Yeah, we were terrible. It probably wasn't even posted or anything. No, no. no and, it's just and he like, could care less, nah, right? Yeah, but, just so a neighbor. We, we, we go out in his
0: <laughs> woods and we, we just don't tell anybody and we throw our uh, sleeping bag. I had a sleeping bag at the time. That was part Whoa. of what did it, right? I mean, getting some gear will help you get in the woods. Mm-hmm. If you own the things, like it'll get you to go scuba diving. If you own the things, it'll get you to go biking or motorcycling or doing whatever. And we, I had a sleeping bag. And I was given a sleeping bag. So, and it was a little small cotton thing that was pretty useless you know especially as as it gets wet yeah you're right out in the outdoors <laughs> and you just die right. <laughs> freeze to death out there in the <laughs> yeah and, and and my dad had one that actually had like plastic on one side of it so mm-hmm. you could put it against the ground oh very cool yeah and it wouldn't soak through. what time
2: of, what time of year was this
0: uh in the fall yeah. yeah and and we said well let's let's spend the night and we'll in the morning we'll go down and go fishing so we breakfast. brought some yeah. hot dogs and, and a can of beans and stuff and we built a little fire in the woods. We were scared to death, you know, to go out and build a fire and and have it get away from us and burn the woods down and we
1: would be blamed for all kinds of well, things. Well, that, that was that was back when like Smokey the Bear and stuff was becoming a big thing probably. Oh, yeah, the here. marketing was just like no fires. You, humans cause most of the forest fires and they were just probably just pounding you with all that oh, back when you were a kid. I'm sure. And yep. and of course eighteen something when we did
0: those things we learned <laughs> like where the best place to sit up was. Yeah. You know, where the best place to have a fire. You need fuel close by that's easy to get to, right? And and all those little small things we learned it through camping. And camping got us to at least spend the night in the woods to uh practice sleeping outdoors, which was quite a thing. Mm-hmm. And then over time like, we just became super comfortable with it. We went fishing, and we caught some brook trout and brought them back up and nice. and, and ate them. And it must have been 10.30 in the morning, and it felt like an entire day had gone by. <laughs> and we went home the following day at about noon, right? So, But, of course, we didn't sleep all that much at <laughs> night. And the owl's up in the tree making all kinds of noise. And we're... we're Somewhat paranoid at all the, the things that go on in the woods in the middle of the night. And, the but we, we we just talked to each other and we were convinced. We convinced each other that everything was fine and everything that's there during the day is what's there during the night. So like whatever you would encounter, encounter during the day and it, and it would be a problem – that would be the problem at night too. And of course, you know, so at first you start in your yard, you you start someplace comfortable, wherever yep. you're comfortable. And you go out in the woods and you, and you just get comfortable with it. You buy some equipment, you give it a try, you just start going. And then you, your confidence starts coming around and you're good to go.
1: Basically starting on a small scale and like taking baby steps. Cause like one of the things that, uh, that we noticed when we did our trip to Colorado, right? It was, compared to the woods here in new england you know maine vermont new hampshire upper new england Mm -hmm. new york it's it's like an alien landscape it's completely different yeah right it's a different setup the the way the woods are and how hot it is during the day and then how cold it is at night and the drastic changes and all the stuff that you need in order to elevate spend the night out there and there's no like real underbrush there's no real insulation anywhere and it was completely different and Having having the woods experience here gave us, you know, because we have we have pretty practical, you know, we know our survival stuff and all that. But the taking it a step at a time would have been nice as far as elevation go, because that was one of the the biggest things that I had to cope with. Because like right now we're we're in southern Maine. Dad came down to visit well, where the boys and I live, and this is sea level. So when you all of a sudden now go to ten thousand five hundred or you're almost to eleven thousand feet and you live at sea level, that's a big deal. And just yeah. you drive there in a couple days and, you know, you don't really hit any major elevation until you're at the base of the Rockies. And that trip only is a couple hours. And then now you're 10,000 feet. And it was like the baby steps into that would have made that environment a lot better to cope with because I was throwing up. I was I did not do well with that. It was a huge difference. Yeah. 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 Now, the
0: the tools and the, the things you needed, um, we did – purchase ahead of time you know we listened to a few people and said well this is the tent you want these are the sleeping bags you want this is kind of the gear you want and and kind of got used to it and and tried it um when you're you're just pulling up stakes from a normal life of uh say hunting in New Jersey, right? And and you're you just have a little backyard, you can hear all the traffic and everything going on. You're it's, close it's, to home yeah, you're close to home and then you suddenly decide, Well, I'm gonna go to Maine this year or I'm gonna go, you know, way out in the woods of Pennsylvania and <clears throat> and, and just go for this. Um we we always would try and recommend like go to go to a campground and stay there. You know, versus a hotel. Yeah. If you know, If you've never done it before, right? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, if do you, you're, you're walking in everything brand new, boy, you know, have some baby steps. Go easy at it, you know, yep. because like camping and hunting and doing the two together are quite a job.
1: Yeah. It is quite a job. When you that was that was the it was just like nonstop woods all the time. And you didn't, cause when you, when you hunt during the day and then you get to go back to camp or you go back home at night, you have all of the home environment, right? You can take a shower, you can relax, you can dry your stuff. You can, you know, you can have something good to eat. You can have some water, you can do all of these things. But when it's camping, it adds so much more procedure and so much more work you have to do. And it also kind of cuts your hunting short because mm-hmm. you're like, well, we have to get all of this other things set up, especially if you're mobile. Like, cause we pack it all up and you know, it's on your back and now you're going through the woods and before dark, you're like, well, we have to find a spot. We have to get things going. We have to consider a fire. We have to do all this. We got to get our food going, blah, blah, blah. And now your hunting window from the time you wake up and set off to the time you have to pitch camp up again is, is way narrower. So it really cuts your, it's so much work and it's like, it's tiring to have to build your house. You know what I mean? Like hunter gatherers, yeah. nomads out there. That was, they're tough people right yeah
2: plus you have shorter days yeah you you have less daylight
1: and because it's the fall
2: right because now now you're you're out you get up at six o'clock or whatever or if you're at your camp you get up before daylight you'd have breakfast and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. when you're camping. It you don't have much for light, and all sort of stuff, and you're yep. like, I didn't sleep well, so I'm just gonna sleep in until I can start to see things. Yeah. <laughs> that way, I don't have to carry a flashlight around. Be like, oh, the I'll the quality of
1: sleep. Kind of you're absolutely you're right. Totally quality different. of sleep changes everything. Right, if you don't sleep well and you're working hard during the day, you like after a few days, you're you're worthless. Right. You know, you just you have no energy. You're just beat. Right. It it takes a toll pretty quick, especially hydration too. Right. Mm-hmm. There's so many little things that you don't consider when you're staying a camp or you're staying at your house and then hunting out during the day and then coming home there's so many other things and if you're gonna start backpacking and do all that that's something that's like it's way 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 bigger of a thing to take on and it's like i it's a good thing that we have so much exposure time hunting and dealing with that stuff because that would have been quite a shock to come out cold bore and do that
2: right for right, sure but we don't do that we don't go out and and just camp and out in the backwoods of maine <laughs> while we're hunting we have a, we have a deer, we have a camp that we go back to yeah. and we have a shower and we have all this other stuff because it, the luxuries the and, luxuries and you don't have the outlets so the cameras don't get charged that well um, it, but.
0: it's really a different it's a shock when you're out in the woods all day long you're soaking wet it's been snowing or whatever you're damp you're cold And now you're going to stay in the woods and it's going to be night and you're going to be damp and cold and you're going to be living with it. Right. It's quite a thing. Mm. And like if if especially if it's a situation where you have to spend, there's no choice. Right. right? You got hurt. You were in the woods. You were doing something. It's one of those days when you're really super uncomfortable. And now all of a sudden you're exposed and you're you have to make it and you got to be there. Um, like your mental game has to be really good. You, you, you have to be able to stay cool, calm, collected. And, and of course, most of us have never tested ourselves in those kind of situations. Not,
1: not, not really tested it. Not like, you know, it's, you got two and a half feet of snow and you have to go find a spot to sleep.
0: Yeah, build like a fire. I right? haven't
1: done a whole lot of that because you haven't needed to. Yeah, and it's rained for
0: four days and you got to build a fire and, and in the woods one of and the everything's things, wet. That's one of the things I mean, when, you started,
1: when you started out this, you were talking about you and Tim, right? Yeah. And you guys were you know practicing when the conditions were good. But the biggest part of it is all of the knowledge and all of like arming yourself with knowing how to and then practicing it before you need to. You know, like, it's it's good to do little tiny bite-sized pieces and slowly get acclimated to different kinds of woods and and, de- and being out there and, you know, getting used to feeling, you know, how you feel in the woods and getting used to all that. But the thing that's going to bring you there is being comfortable because you know everything that you could run into. Yeah. You know? No, and even if you, and there's so many
0: aspects to it. There's the aspect of your clothing and how to dry it and take care of it. There's the aspect of of building a fire under any circumstances and having one that's good enough and takes care of you that well, right? I mean, when it's snowing or it's been raining for a week and you got to build a fire with nothing but wet sticks everywhere, as far as you can see, it's quite a job. You know, I think that's why, like, a lot of this bushcraft type stuff. Uh, it's getting bigger. People watching it's really a big thing because it good stuff. It, it, it's woodsmanship skills that you need to learn, but you have to do it incrementally. Because you know, building a fire when it's raining, or building a fire when it's super dry, and you don't want it to get away from you, or in, in control with it, one right? hand, yeah, with one hand because you fell down and got hurt, right? I mean, there's a lot here, and if you test yourself and work through each of the skills, and work on the ones you like the most, the ones that you're attracted to, right? If you like fire building and you want to get good at it, practice fire building and do it in several different ways and under a lot of different circumstances, and figure out what works the best. and and how to work it and get it to work over time it'll be fishing it'll be uh being able to cut trees um, be able to cut branches to manipulate cord and rope so that it'll do what you want to do a lot of these outdoor kind of wilderness type shows you know alone in alaska those kind of shows really show people's uh Insides of how they deal with things, you know, their Mm. problem solving abilities under pressure when you haven't eaten in two days. Yeah, it it shows your confidence. It shows how you can do it. And it shows your willingness to be open to possibility and like not rule things out. Because as soon as that comes into play, things change like crazy.
2: Because the reason why we're going over this is so that way you have the confidence to go out there and track. Because we would be out in the woods and you're go to a populated area where people want to go and start tracking where it's easy to get to um, you go out into the woods like 5 600 yards and their people tracks just kind of fall off the face of the earth because people aren't going away from the road because they're a little on the the unsure woods side woods are intimidating they're in, they're intimidated by the big main woods but they want to mm-hmm. go out to the big main woods but so what that does is that fear kind of limits them on what they what they can and what they can't do, so that way, when they when they oh, let's go up and go track, and then all of a sudden they're tracking a deer, but then they're like in the back of their mind they're saying, "How far is Is the road from me?" And then they yeah. end up end up questioning that, and then they're like, "And eh, this deer isn't worth getting lost because they're unsure of themselves and how they would be able to yep. build a fire or whatever." I, I think or that even get the animal out of the woods. I think that if you're like
1: okay, so what is the progression? of from newbie to being 100 percent comfortable and like mastering the environment in yourself you know and what that what the steps would look like the first thing is is education always mm-hmm. always start any kind of learning process or any kind of doing process with education because one of the things that like casey and the boys and i have just started getting into was spear fishing right here on the ocean and it was like okay Let's download and learn everything we possibly can before we even before you buy your first suit, before, like, it's the same thing with deer hunting. Before you get your boots, before you get your rifle, before you do anything, you say, what do I need to know? And you just need to start learning about it and start researching it. Like, how does it work? What do people do? Where do they go? What are deer into? You know, what do they eat? What are they like in this area? What are the kind of food sources where the woods are like? And the learning all that and having some knowledge about where you're going to you know what your game is where you're gonna go and what are good methods listening to people who Tell stories about it and who know some knowledge and can share that with you is definitely the first step But after that it's gonna be practice and using your stuff
2: And then basically it's starting in small small increments
0: and You know then- and, and you'll have to like pick something and then work on it like if it's your navigation, right? You'll, you'll learn about compass. You'll practice that. And, and even that'll be incremental, you know, where you'll, you'll try it in your yard. And, um, like we, I would set compass courses up for you guys, Mm -hmm. right? I give you targets. I'd say, start right here, these degrees and then find the next target. Right. And then you guys would go target to target to target and you'd figure it out. And you know, the, the six pack of Pepsi waiting at the end for you. Right. I mean, (laughs) you, you have those kind of things set up, uh, geocaching, Right is a great way to learn your GPS and to really get it down. It's fun, and and you're you're integrating a vehicle, multiple GPSs, and multiple people. You guys eat. yeah, Yeah, you guys would have your own GPS is your own coordinates all punched in and we would get there and we would race to the spot you know but we'd all also do it driving down the road yep we're getting closer right so we would use the vehicle to get closer and then get out and start looking on foot and then you know who found it right so it was a race and it made us good at what we were doing and it showed the error rate you know and some of the things that can go wrong and you make assumptions while you're navigating right and how you apply all those that's big stuff and and it'll also go to fire building it'll go to uh maybe shelter building it'll also work on like how far you can walk in a day how you can remain calm when things don't look good um how you can stay enthusiastic when things aren't going that hot
1: right one of the things that when you're like you had said earlier one of the things that stops you from really enjoying and being fully invested in your hunt is worrying about getting home and you know when you when you know the area right you've seen it on a map or whatever and you say this is you know these directions are out you know if i'm walking in north west and south are out right and if you know that right and you have the gear to help you get home that's something that kind of like takes that out of the back of your mind a little bit more and you know when you develop your navigation skills when you know you can get out of the woods you're not as worried about getting into it Mm -hmm. and that most people i think are not that worried about you know coming home they don't want to be out there in the dark right? That's because navigating fears. the woods in the dark is completely different. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, and an, that's one of the other stages that it boy, is. It, it's, and, and it, when you have a, a comfortable yeah, first different. time out when you're, when you're quite a ways, because the, the thing about tracking is your exposure to running into issues is more because you're going deeper in the woods. You're covering more area. You're moving. There's so many other components rather than, going out into the woods half mile to get to your stand you know you have that half mile you have the stand itself and you have it has its own dangers with that as well but tracking i think is one of the biggest exposures to the kinds of things that can go wrong right because you're walking you could trip you get a stick in the eye you could end up going way too far you can walk and get turned around right because you can end up moving into familiar unfamiliar area and the land can steer you and you can get lost way out there and then you're people have to come get you or you have to figure out how to get home the the pieces of it you know it takes a bit it takes a bit to get used to it and definitely make not being too concerned with how far you're going all the time right the incremental distance thing because you know people have in their mind that tracking right and if to be a, like a good tracker you have to go a long ways right like everyone wants to track 100 miles like oh 10 miles today and most of the time I end up walking just so they can say they walked really far when one, we're, we shoot deer most of the time within a mile from a logging road.
2: Within a mile of the road from the, like, well, Grant buck, Yeah. He was, what, probably we dragged From him. the landing we that we... Maybe maybe three-tenths of a mile. Yeah. yeah, It was a mile. short, yeah. Right? Yeah. short drag. And a lot
1: of times in, in, in paper company lands, the amount of logging roads and stuff... It's easy to go out into those woods because there's logging roads everywhere. It's easy to get out, right? Because the, there's skid trails up in the woods, and it's still big stuff, and you can go a long ways, and you are you can get high up in elevation and whatnot. But, but it's, it's, easy, it's to easy to start incrementally in those kinds of areas. Or like um, your forested land, You're your state parks and stuff those are great places to get exposed to it it's basically go for walks in the woods and start going farther and farther and see what you run into but bring your stuff with you
2: and pay attention to yourself and your feelings because you'll go out and you say and then all of a sudden you'll like feel something like mm, i'm not too sure about that and that's probably a little bit of your that's probably a little bit of your fear that you're of of something happening to you or getting a stick in the eye or of falling down and getting hurt and those things if you kind of work while you're out in the woods and you work towards if you say i know i'm kind of scared of of falling down or whatever um work towards towards something like that work towards hey let's pretend let's pretend i have a broken leg okay now let's let's see what it would take to get me out and then you say Hmm, it's not really that bad and then, then now, your that kind of brings your confidence up. So that way, that isn't playing into your mind while you're hunting, and you can focus on the act of hunting and active tracking, not focusing on the the aftermath. Or Having something hunting partners, well. partners That's that right. you
1: can count on too. That's right.
2: It's it is different going
1: alone versus you have to definitely be a lot more conscious of these things when you're by yourself
3: versus when you going out with your hunting party. Um, to touch on that. An old girlfriend of mine came up to camp with us for a season, and her and I went a long ways on a deer, and it was really late, and she wanted to keep going. I'm like, okay, I know my bingo, and I also have the mental fortitude for it, and of course she was very new into hunting, and we were probably, I think we were around like, what, you think five or six miles from where we got dropped off.
0: Yeah, probably total walking. Yeah, total walking, walking alpine yeah, miles. Out and around,
3: yeah. Yep. And then yep. Uh, on our way back, I think it was like two o'clock when we've, yeah, it was about two. We, we shot at the buck. I shot twice and I missed twice. It was two running shots. She wasn't comfortable, so she said, You go for it. And I took the shots, didn't, didn't connect. Deer was fine. But when we decided to go back, it was two o'clock and we still had a solid three miles to get back to where we can get picked up and as we're going of course it's november it's getting it's dark at four four o'clock in the, and you can see good on the road but in the woods it's dark oh yeah and coming back and her mental stability was breaking down because of all these fears of being in the dark and as a mentor in that situation it's really it was really important for me to stay calm and collected and logical because i needed to keep her from going off the end and making the mistake and getting hurt or me getting hurt yeah and
0: just working through it right, right.
2: if both people are kind of scared if both
3: people are messed up you then
0: can add to each other That's
2: right. you're going right. to
3: amplify each other's issues and insecurities right in the moment so and so it's really important especially if you're a mentor taking somebody out whether they're an adult or a child it's really important to make sure that you keep in mind that their mental stability in the moment too and all of their issues but and we ended up getting back everything was fine but it took her a really long time before she'd go out tracking again
2: right at least a a farther distance like that
3: right and we went a long ways and for me that's my average day i mean i don't always come back at night but more often than not that's one a long ways
2: away that's one of the responsibilities of being a mentor is is Taking, making sure that you don't just like overly expose your mentee. Take your take your person you're taking out, and just say, "Hey, let's give them the whole load. Let's go as far as we want to go." And then they're like, uh "That would end up causing them to shy away for like what what she did, having her because if if it took her a while to get back into the swing of things, because we kind of scared her, and she was like, "Oh my God, I Mm -hmm. don't want to do that again. I don't want to experience that anymore." So giving light baby steps, especially if you're, if you're a dad and you're taking your son your daughter or, or one, of your, one of your relatives out, if being slowly exposing them is really key, is which what you did with us, Dad. Um, he took us out and said, hey, let's, let's play a game. And, of course, the three brothers and I, the three brothers basically, we ended up uh, kind of competing against each other a lot of times we say Mm -hmm. who could do this sibling rivalry exactly which which made it so that way of course we had we had a team to do it with so it was which was great because we we knew we couldn't fail but we it was it was fun to to say okay who could build a fire the fastest and then we'd like have a fire but have a string over it and who could who could burn their string to drop a can or whatever first and that's what we ended up Doing those kind of games, but then when you're in the woods, now those skills to, come back. Those games are so important because it's like it made it so we're quick. We know exactly what to do because we had to build a fire quick, fast, and make it hot so that way it would burn that. But when you have a fire that you need to dry yourself out with, you need one that's quick, fast, gets you some heat so that way you can you can dry out. And all of those components are so important when it comes into a survival situation. So that those those are some of the stuff that we ended up doing. Um, But, yeah.
3: Another good thing, too, Dad really prepped with us is he kind of prepared us for being by ourselves in the woods. You know, you have to be okay with being alone in the woods because even if you go out and you're double-teaming and you end up one person is going to stay on the track, the other person is going to split off and take another deer, and if all of a sudden now you're by yourself, you have to be able to in that situation so dad would take us out when we were kids and we'd go out on a trail and we'd walk and then he would just stand there and of course we're kids we're just exploring and then we walk away and we of course you take a step to the right or left in the woods and the whole perspective shifts mm-hmm. so all of a sudden now we can't see dad and we kind of just sit there and we're looking around like okay where's dad <laughs> i'm by myself now you look 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 and then right as and of course dad can see us We're it's not like we're gonna get hurt or anything because <laughs> he is four feet taller than us at the time and we he takes us out when we're like six seven years old and he just takes a step to one side or the other that way we can see him and he just waits and then right when we're starting to get a little panicky he just he would whistle or make this quiet little sound and to catch our attention we look and oh thank goodness there he is okay mm. well, okay good and but that lo- that kind of prepped us for situations to where you w- don't get stuck in your head and prepare you for the possibility of being alone in the woods and that it's okay not you know
0: it keeps you flexible right. you know and and like the only way to really learn how to adventure is to adventure
3: Right,
2: but yeah, right, small steps. And,
0: right, and do small ones. And as you do little, small, little adventures, after a while, you find out what you're good for. Right. You know, and you're building the, the confidence in, in your abilities over time to stay calm, to do what you need to do, like a, build a fire or navigate to a friend who has a deer down right and he gives you the coordinates and you listen to the coordinates and you punch it into your gps and he reads it to you and you read it to him and you're sure everything's good and you push go to and it says yeah it's he's over here three-eighths of a mile and now you start following the gps right to him and you walk right up to the guy and you feel so good right? right or it's the end of the day and it's dark and you're up on top of the mountain and You've got to leave the deer for the night. Look, we've dragged far enough. We, I'm not dragging anymore. We'll come back and drag in the daylight, right? right? This area we're going through is thick and nasty, and I don't want to do it in the dark. Let's just get out of the woods, right? So we... Stand there, and we take the compass, and we take the GPS, and he's Taylor's got his, and he goes boom, 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 boom. We confirm this is the way we need to go. It's right there, and we point down through the woods with a flashlight, and this is where we're going, right? And we leapfrog one person, the other person, the other person, and we keep taking shots, and we go around a few objects, but we work our way out. And when you pop out. A hundred yards or fifty yards from the vehicle, and you say, "Here's the road, and here's the rig," and you come right out in the pitch dark together. It's really satisfying, and, and you hit it. That sad, satis- you know, it's so good, and and it helps your confidence so much that after a while, you'll be able to say, "Yep, this is what we need to do." And of course, you are going to make mistakes. You are going to have things go wrong, but those are great teachers too, right? You know, provided you survive them, right? right. So don't it, set yourself up for- right. set
2: yourself up for little mistakes not big mistakes
0: right and then just work through them you know and and those will be the things you'll never forget again you know and
1: it'll help you having a mentor i think is one of the biggest things um and it doesn't necessarily need to be anybody who's super 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 experienced more than you and you know this kind of thing doesn't have to happen when you're young you know if you're just getting into it and you're like 30 or 40 or 50 you just go out with somebody who kind of already knows what they're doing and they teach you the ropes and it'll you know get you the exposure and get you the you know hands-on kind of you know teaching that really brings you brings your confidence up because the same thing is if you were driving a car and you never had anybody in the car to instruct you while you were going along it would be way more stressful yeah you would you know what your learning process and you would you would push back from that experience so much more but having somebody to help coach you through it is awesome even if they're a peer Right? You both learning go out together. Well, I was going to say, like, if you don't have an expert, Just at least have a friend have somebody. and
0: you'll have someone else to learn with Yeah, and you can troubleshoot off each other, somebody you get along good with, right? Yep. And you can troubleshoot off each other and learn and go. And now you can kind of, you, you can share your experiences. You're, you're feeling good about it. And now you can't wait to like go with that other person, learn some more, you know, and what one learns, it, it'll teach the other right. and you back and forth. Even and, if,
1: even if you're a super strong person, when you're weight training, and you could lift 300 pounds if you've never done the movement before you start light right and this is the same kind of thing when you're learning a new skill or you're learning a new ability or trying something new you start small and you slowly stack things up and as you as you get good using your gps and your compass now you add another component you add the component of distance and then you add the component of time in the woods and you add all these other little things and now you're now you can go out there with your rifle. We can go out there with all these other things. You can go all day long. You can be super tired. It can be night, but you know how to use all these things because you have a collective experience of all these small pieces. Mm-hmm. And when you start clicking all those little puzzle pieces in together to the woods experience, now you're like, well, I'm not worried about coming out because I've done it a thousand times. I'm not worried about being out at night because I've camped before. Right? You and just- I've, I've done all these things. I'm not worried about, you know, this piece of it. I'm not worried about what happens if i get a deer because you know i've been with somebody i've been coached through it i've seen it or i've already got one right and all these other, like, there are like there're so many little facets but if you can bust those up you know the how to deal with it being night how to deal with the temperature and the weather mm-hmm. how to deal with when you're tired and how to use all your gear yeah. how to break, get out, break it down and in how, how to get how to get out of the woods and right. if you put all those things together now it's like It's going to be super easy, and it's going to, you have a chance to now just go and experience the woods. And as you stack up time in the woods using all of these things, now it's just like, there's another, this is a walk in the park, literally. You can just go out there, and now you can move through the woods and you see trees, and you're doing this, and you're following tracks, and you're, you know, you're just lollygagging and do whatever, and you're not you're you don't have a care in the world because you're you're so used to being in the woods getting used to it and getting used to using all your gear is what makes you comfortable and confident
2: that way you can actually experience tracking and now you in, yeah, now you it's can hunt. thing. right because now you can actually experience tracking but not have to not experience it because you're you're too busy uh, thinking about something else or doing other things because you're too busy looking at where you're walking because you haven't walked in the woods enough for yes. your for your feet should know exactly where to go. How to step. That's right, because where how to step and where to step, You at first we had to look and say, okay, we have to step here, have to step here, about to step here, but then after a while, your body just did it, and you didn't have to think about it. And you
1: were talking about multitasking yesterday and talking about how, how having so many different things on your mind affects your ability to do any one thing well.
0: Well, you add on top of the multitasking some ego, right, of... Like you're being hard on yourself. Yeah. I, should, I should know this. What's the matter with me, right? Mm-hmm. And that now you're hard on yourself and, and you start making even more mistakes because you're upset, right? So st- like staying calm, cool, and collected and doing multiple things at once and being able to be in some flow. Right to feel good and harmonious with the woods when they really do, they're on your side. They work with you, if you work with them. Right, they work against. Nature's you. Nature's got some laws. They, <laughs> yeah, there's some laws you have to pay attention. Right, it's cold out. Right, if <laughs> you have to wear a coat. Right, yeah. so like when you you learn your tools, you learn your confidence, and you also learn where you're at, and you accept where you're at. You know, on a personal level, and not. Take it away from yourself if you don't happen to know something. See, uh, especially like with guys, right? They they want to know it all. They, they want to be perfect from the get go. They want to come right. out of the yep. gate and be perfect at it. And it's like, well, you might or might not be. And sometimes, what you think you're really good at, you may not actually be that good at. And, and mother nature is going to test that, right? right. Yep. Your your situational uh, circumstances that pop up that you weren't expecting and. Uh, like you've put some pressure on yourself to be able to do something that can it can give you a bit of a meltdown, and now you've got to get back onto it again, and you have to be able to like step out of at least some of the thinking part of your mind and get back into the automatic part of you that allows you to do tons of things really well that you're really familiar with and of course in order to be familiar with things you have to practice you have to do it and you have to just do you got to get out there yeah so so like if it, it comes to you know your ability to stay cool when things don't look that hot and it's not going the way you thought it would right a a lot of times nature has a great way of mixing things up and you you, the deer will say well how do you like this river how do you like these ledges how Mm -hmm. do you like this big slippery slope i just ran up how do you like all these other deer i'm gonna run to run through all these camps and come out on another road five miles away you know how do you like all now you're not where you said you'd be that's right you're not even close you you can't follow your plan now are you going to keep coming or not plan is huge and of course there's tons of decision making things when you're in the outdoors. making decisions and some of them are very important
2: right they could be key to what happens at the end of the day
0: yep and of course as soon as you're unable to make a decision especially if you're forced to make a decision right decision making capability and then working with it is part of woodsmanship and taking responsibility for it absolutely because the outdoors is bigger than you and me right i mean we have to completely be able to work with that and if we can Stay calm, cool, and collected, and use our best survival tool—right, our brain—and take inventory of the things that we have with us and what works and what we are able to do, and to not focus on what we're unable to do, the other and figure thing. out what works.
3: Oh, sorry, I mean to cut you off. Yeah, the other thing to do um, once you you have some confidence, you know, like you know how to use your compass, you know how to use your GPS challenge yourself a little bit to make sure you really know like you said make sure you really understand what you need to do by problem solving so you everything works good but you're on your way back to the rig end of the day you didn't get your deer so you're just heading back you know which way to go but now pretend you dropped your compass and it broke now get back without using your compass and of course be mindful of the situation if all this don't actually get yourself in trouble Don't actually get yourself in trouble by, you know, practicing, but do a little problem solving and be like, okay, now I don't have my GPS anymore. How am I going to get back to the rig? Okay, well, you got to use the sun. You have to use the stars if you're at night or the moon to help, you know, with direction and okay, I'm walking through the woods and now my flashlight doesn't work. Mm -hmm. How am I going to make it work Mm -hmm. so I can get back? And those little things will help key you in on what you need to work on more. Yeah, whether it's oh i really do rely heavily on this one thing in my navigation or my communication and it can it could potentially save your life i think
0: that's part of what's so uh like uh, attractive to the bushcraft type stuff is like the the 14 different ways that you can catch a fish If you need to. If you need to, right? Because you could do it this way. You could do it that way. You could set up a trap. You could, you, you know, right? You could use a gill net, right? And that's part of, like, many people are... Uh, like one or two tool users, they have like two. Like they use an adjustable wrench and a screwdriver, and, and their <laughs> toolbox isn't loaded with different a tools. Pumpkin cutter and a rock.
2: Yes, fix <laughs> a <six> Game Boy. <laughs> this is street. We like to do it to do it yeah. streetwise because it's like no you you don't all you have is wire and duct tape, and you have to get this truck home work. kind of thing. Make it work, and it's like this is all the tools you got, and that w- that was great with us. Because, of course, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. So you didn't have a lot of stuff. You didn't have a lot of resources to buy the specific tools to do the job. You had yeah, to so MacGyver, we everything. Gotta, we got to make one. We got to make a wrench. Got to make that kind of stuff. And that's, of course, what ended up making it so that we're multifaceted in, in whatever we do. Because you did it the good, way, the easy way, the way that it was designed. But you also did it the way that it wasn't designed. But you still got it. The, the end, end result was the exact same. Of course, it might have taken a little more time or whatever. But you... it It worked you gain the knowledge and but you also gain the confidence which is why which is why you could drop us off anywhere and we'd make it make it no problem because we say "Eh, it's just like this situation when we were playing in the woods 20 years ago kind of thing and it's you just got to do it in small incremental steps and ask yourself what could go wrong and how can i make a game of the thing that went wrong so that way it's easy so that way i'm prepared for it So your toolbox can grow.
1: Yeah. You have to practice using your toolbox and you also have to see what people have in theirs.
0: Yeah. So the off season in the summer, the spring, the winter, you know, when you're scouting or whatever, you know, go, go through a few of those woodsmanship skills, work on your woodsmanship skills like all the time. And it's something that you can do all the time and it will help deer season out. It will help the rest of your life out and you'll, you'll know how to do things. You'll, you'll know how to like steer yourself to where you do best. Yeah. And that's important. And like each one of us has some skills that somebody else doesn't have or somebody's not as good at Or they haven't had
1: the time doing it. Right. And we, that's like picking your hunting party for that is we all kind of filling gaps that the other people have so it's like we're a pretty solid team sure in, after in a while it, aspect. It,
0: it's a tribe you know we're we're each we're each contributing what we can do and how we can do it and and of course we know who's best at one thing maybe you know out of the group of yes ones. but we also like we'll pick his brain when it comes to those things and say hey what's the deal over here you know and then then apply it and we can hear each other's voices in the backs of our mind right all all of the teachers of the past right should be able to come forward when you hit a bump and if you can Keep the rational side of your mind, thinking positive, working for you and being not only a good employee for you, but a good boss for you and keeping you on straight. And you say, okay, and you talk yourself through all those those tough moments when you're really worried about how things are going and be able to apply. it.
1: One of the things I like to do is when I'm learning something new or I'm getting into something and, you know, I'm, I'm in the learning phase. Right? Because I start every process with the education piece. I want to, before I make any decisions before I do anything, I want to know some stuff. I want to know not only what really works but what does not work. right. So back to the whole spearfishing fishing thing that we're getting into. The first thing I want to know is why people are drowning. right? What's the number one problem with being in water? You can't breathe, yep. right And of course we're, we're free diving pulmonary
2: embolism, what's that? Yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know what all that is. (laughs) So it was like, how do you breathe? How do you hold your breath? How do you, you know, what kind of things do you need? What kind of techniques are they using? You know, how do you, and one of the things I really want to learn is what happens if somebody blacks out, right? Because you're holding your breath and if, if you have oxygen issues and you're not getting enough and you're tired or whatever, if, you know, if Casey or Ryan black out, what am I going to do? How do I, how do I save them? How do I bring them back? Right. When, When, when I'm going out with one of my party How do I make sure all of us get back, right? Because when they send somebody into space, there's so much background stuff that works. And, you know, going into unfamiliar territory is always the same. It's always the same. There's Mm -hmm. so much risk that comes with going in the ocean, flying, going into space, going into the woods, digging underground, right? There's so many, as soon as you leave your comfortable environment, there's so many pieces of gear and there's so many things to learn. And then there's small practice and trial and doing it with people. Mm -hmm. go with somebody whenever you start anything new that is even remotely uncomfortable for you when you learn to drive you bring somebody when you go swimming they tell you not to swim alone right Right. you bring somebody when you're going out into the big woods and you're going to be three days whatever in the rockies or up into the ontario or the north main woods or something bring somebody right bring somebody with you one it's it's a safety precaution Two, it's a, it's a partner to share the experience with. And three, it could be a mentor or someone for you to teach as well.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. right? Even if they're the same experience level you are.
1: Because we have, we have so many background things, right? We set a plan for the day. We know how to use all of our gear. We have a lot of gear that we bring with us in case of this. So we have contingency stuff. We have multiple fire starters. We have multiple sources of electricity for all of our equipment that we bring. We have vehicles, multiple vehicles with us. We know the area really well. We know what we're not supposed to do. We know what we practice first aid. Like and you, you have all this background knowledge and practice that now you just go do it because you're not worried about it. And you say, well, we have all the stuff in case we need it. And if we run into a roadblock, we'll deal with that later. But yeah. don't, don't be constantly thinking, you know, if I fall down right now, what am I gonna do? It's like, no, you just learn, you practice. And then when you have to, you do. Right? The rest of the time, you don't worry about it. You just do what you're going to do.
2: Go tracking. Go tracking. <laughs> go deer
1: hunting. Like, whatever. Right. Not to mention, like, at
0: first, you may have everything and the kitchen sink in your in your bag right and you slowly you're yeah. carrying right <laughs> and and after a while you get carried it's sick of carrying all this gear and all this stuff and I don't really need this then third you, radio then you bring right? nothing <laughs> with
1: you and you get well
0: yeah butt. right and then then all of a sudden you start getting good you're confident everything's going good and then you stop following a couple rules you let a couple major rules down yeah you and, and then you get corners. corners. yeah you get a little complacent about something um you know and then now here you are uh, <laughs> relearning the the super important rules. You know the ones that you just hey these are the rules and of course. When you do have the other person, they can be really good at helping you stick to the rules.
2: Especially if there's different experience levels. Yeah. You have to you but have to have a cocoa puff because he's the one who's like, All right, you
1: got all this, you got all that,
0: do
2: this, how are you like,
1: going?
0: He,
2: yeah. Jimmy's,
1: Jimmy's our guy.
0: He keeps yeah. us
1: all in line.
0: He's <laughs> on the runway and he he's doing the checklist of all the yeah. all the planes, different wiggles, right? Do it here, do it there. Can you do this? Can Casey, you bring a battery? Yeah, do but, you have you got gas in your tank, you know, <laughs> before you take off. But that's important because once you take off and you go out in there, you've got to have enough fuel yeah. and enough of what you need to get back to where you need to that's be. Right. And and it takes practice doing these things. And when you add on top <laughs> all of the surprises that your adventure will hand to you, uh-huh. which we welcome the surprises we really do some of them are like oh man that sucks there's (laughs) we we come over the ridge thinking this is the one and no there's one more ridge to go right and it's like oh there's another hill to go and you climb
2: up over that hill and finally you come down to where the rig is big Timber is that way you're like i'm almost there i'm almost there and then it's like Oh there's one more ridge and you can say well
0: i don't want (laughs) to climb straight up i'll just go around And going around is an extra hour and a half walk. Bad sometimes. And yes, you're on the road, but it's another hour and a half of marching on the road before you get back to the rig. Right, because there's a washout. Right. And and then afterwards, you're like, man, I could have gone the half mile straight up (laughs) over and down the other side and a quarter mile up, quarter mile down, and I would have been there. Now I'm an hour and a half on the road walking all the way out around to get in the rig and then go get somebody who's been waiting and they're cold and tired. But
3: then you have another thing on top of that. It's at the end of the day. And you're pooped. So do you climb up and over the mountain again at the end of the day and come out of the woods at night on the other side? Or do you walk the rest of the daylight and then night on the road right. back
0: to that decision making stuff and you're going to be making <laughs> you, you road. Will, you'll feel the times when the decision is going to be a pretty big one yeah you can like feel it you'll and know. you say oh here we go right so you start weighing the odds you know and what it's going to be and you go through it all
1: right and you have to make the decision and then Plow if you've it. if you've done your pre flight checklist, it'll be all right. That's right. You know, if okay. you've made your plan, people know where you are, and you know it's you're not gonna you're not gonna die out there. The other right. Thing the is, odds are so bad of something really bad happening to you. They're actually really bad. Really yeah. bad odds. I yeah. I would roll dice on it. No, no problem. Sure. Yeah. You know.
0: We've we've had a few, you know, in twenty five years we've had like maybe five or six times where we said "Ooh, this could get real serious mm-hmm. you know it, it starts somewhat serious okay let's find him and then yep. we go into a major search and we look for an hour and a half with vehicles and radios and checking and where the hell is he and we can't pick him up anywhere and he's not talking or we only hear a little bit of garbled and we can't tell and we didn't Cause there's get no it. radios out there that aren't right. junk right now right It so, is not you know, so like your
2: radio might let you down. Any electronics Money. can let you down at any second. You but, can pretty
0: much count on it letting you down.
2: That's yeah. the plan Bs that you have, and mm-hmm. you you yeah. basically make do with what you got, and when those situations come up, you make the best of them, and you just got to do it. Yeah, right. and
0: practice little small things that you really like. You know, I, I, I've I been watching this fella, and, and he's, he's got – not overly great skills but i like to watch his failures right and and where he was really cold what went, night, wrong. what went wrong why it went wrong and how he redid it i mean example is a great way of teaching and that's one of the parts about youtube we love so much is that it's a great way to teach but nothing beats the actual being on the ground and out there and you want to practice it and go at it and, and enjoy it because it's a process. You yep. know, to become a really good woodsman is a process. It takes time. It takes trial by fire, right? It really does, and you just have to do it. You just have to get right out there, and it's so satisfying when you're done. I mean, if you can handle yourself out in those situations, you'll be able to handle anything. It's really nice.
1: The enjoyment with hunting when you're comfortable in the woods versus not comfortable in the woods is night and day. No. Right, because the hunt itself and being able to take in this really short season that we all look forward to so much. Because deer season's really short, and if you only really deer hunt, maybe you're a bear hunter, a moose hunter, whatever. The fall, right? The time that we all get to spend in the woods is really short,
2: and weekends, and, and you don't want to
1: spend that time being concerned with where you are, what you're doing, what's going to happen in a little bit. You know, you want to be able to soak up deer seasons because, you know, you don't have 20 years to deer hunt you only have 20 times to deer hunt
2: 20 seasons that's all you Right. Got. that's yeah, it 20 years
1: so and you know you want to you want to be able to take in this whole process and you want to be able to give give it your all when you're chasing down a big buck or whatever and not be concerned with all the other pieces that go with being in the woods and if you can and if you can get a kind of get a good grip on all these things the hunt itself becomes so much better and the enjoyment of all the people around you just gets to be that much more and then you can actually go get that big buck too. There's like some uncomfortableness, right?
0: People are not used to being uncomfortable at all. Well, we, they don't want to wait for We have become a very comfortable society. Yeah, they don't want to wait for anything. They don't have any idea how far they could possibly walk in a day. They, they don't know how cold they could be.
1: They underestimate themselves.
0: They, yeah. They they don't know you know what they're good for on so many levels and how strong they really are or how not so strong they are and they think they are stronger than They overestimate than that, right? their abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, th- there's a lot of uh, like different levels. Why well, is everybody so looking at me? <laughs>
1: as soon as you said that, they overestimate their abilities. Everyone goes, <laughs> and looks right at me. What are you talking about?
0: No,
3: you do great. Yeah, <laughs> he says trailing off. No, yeah. no, 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 man, no, man no, you totally... <laughs> no, 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 I've just been doing this for 20 years now. No. So,
2: the bottom line is: get out there and do it. Go yeah. ahead, try it out. Talk yep. to some people and take some baby steps and learn yourself. Yep.
3: Surround yourself with like-minded people
2: and people who, like what
3: Tara mentioned earlier that balance out each other. So like just because someone's really good at one thing doesn't mean they're good at something else. And you Marriage can make or... up that gap. Use people and you to can learn backs. from each other and mm-hmm. share. Share stories, share experiences because those are such great learning tools, especially for closed minded mentalities. So people who don't like to share information. They don't because they, they feel like there's not enough abundancy for them or yeah. they're gonna miss out or lose something. Those people still have so much to offer, even though they're tight-lipped. You just have to learn what to listen for. So when they're sharing their deer hunting experiences or like they went hiking and this happened, listen to those stories and pick them apart a little bit. And you can learn a lot just from what they're willing to tell you. And even more that way than what they let on yeah
1: read some books and and the other thing too is everybody gets really caught up in the kind of gear and what gear to use and what gear to buy and here here's kind of the problem with that you know the the theory behind all of this is the same navigation gps and compass and staying out overnight all the theories the same but there's going to be a methodology and there's going to be specifics that are going to work for some people in some areas and aren't going to work with others you know it's almost like cars there are so many different cars out there and if you ask each person what kind of car they like to drive and why they like to drive it, right, they're gonna tell you this is the one you should buy, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the one they like and the one they use, right? We love lacrosse boots. But they might suck for what you're gonna use right. and you might hate them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? You might put a pair on and be like, These boots kind of suck, right? Yeah. They might not fit you well. So it's if there's somebody there's a resource that you like and that, you know, you really wanna, you know, pick apart and listen to what they have to say. Listen to more than one person on any topic. Mm-hmm. Whether it's staying out overnight, how to get a deer, how to do this. Do
3: some research. Yeah,
1: and you pick from Cross different areas because each person's going to have a little gold nugget that if you put it together,
3: you're really going to have
1: something, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you can make it work for you based on other people's yeah. experiences. There's no
1: there's no one person or group or, you know, there's no one collective thing that's going to have all of the answers. The experience and all the good things are going to come from a multitude of people. You know, that's, and having a multitude of resources and deer hunting stories and all these other things are really going to help verse you and get you into a good situation and get you off to being a good woodsman or woodswoman. And have at it. Yeah, just go for it before just, just
0: just do it and you'll pick out the teachers you like and you'll absorb what you can ask Remember, questions you, you teach you right so you, you you got to almost go out and have a problem and then come back and ask somebody mm-hmm. that's it's almost yeah, what it is on sometimes. a lot of different things failures you know? teach better than victories yeah and like when you're now open to learning when when you go out and you have a hiccup that's the only difference between the the journeyman and the apprentice right the journeyman knows how to fix his screw ups yeah and the apprentice how to just doesn't, back know how out to, of trouble. Yeah, doesn't know how to fix these things. So, yeah.
3: like The master has made more mistakes than the student has tried.
0: Right. And even then, the master's advice worked for him. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you necessarily, and you're going to have to figure things out for you and what works the best, but that's no big deal. And, and that's actually part of the fun of it is like deciphering this whole thing. It's a giant investigation of yourself and what your abilities are and then improving them.
2: And there's a lot of gold nuggets we just gave you, but you might not understand them until you have those experiences to say, hmm, that's what they meant by this. And so that's why you have to have those failures. You have to go and do that and have somebody beat you at it. That's why the competition works so well is because they said, ooh, I lost. Just don't get carried away in the
3: competition. Mm, A lot of people can't step aside from their own ego, Mm -hmm. and they take failure really hard or not to the level they should take it.
0: Yeah, and we don't necessarily mean ego in a bad way. It's just like personality. You know, your personality might be set up in a, a spot where it it needs to be more flexible, or it 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 can be more open to different ideas and stuff. And like some people even are really hard on themselves. And like the, you have lots of possibilities. You can do lots of different things. And and as soon as you start feeling that way, you now have the ability to be able to do something about it.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely reach out. You know, if you guys have any like specific questions that maybe we can read and respond to and that we can, you know, kind of clear up for you, we're definitely more than uh, willing to do that. If you have any questions, you can send them over to Ask. M-T-N-D-E-E-R at Gmail. That's our podcast email just for you guys, Um, you know, with your comments and things. And if you guys have any tips and stuff that we can maybe share to other people as well, feel free to send those over, reach out on all the socials because I think one of the best things about social media is the actual social part. You know, being able Mm -hmm. to share, you know, because you guys may have some stories and you guys might have some things that have happened to you that could affect other listeners as well. So, you know, sharing those on YouTube and on Facebook and all that jazz, that's just going to help out everybody. Because when we all share our ideas, that gives everyone who wants to start more of a platform to work off of. And that's less people getting lost in the woods. It's less people having to spend the night in all these other things. And if we can, if we can make the whole hunting experience better for everybody, then that's something we should do. You're not alone. You know, you're really not. And we've, we've all done it. You know, we've all not yeah. trusted our gear. We've all overestimated what we were doing. We all, you know, went a little too far. We all made mistakes. We all, you know, didn't read our body and didn't read the weather. We've and all gotten hurt. You know, we've all, we've all done that, but we came out just fine because we knew our gear, we had good team, we practiced and we just took it small one bite at a time, you know? Yep. I think if you, if you can follow that kind of procedure, you're going to be at home in the woods in no time at all cuz you belong there just yeah. like the deer do we belong in the woods that's why we're drawn there you know i think everyone who's a hunter or wants to start hunting they're pulled to it mm-hmm. we're pulled to the woods there's something compelling us to go back it's almost like coming home but even in your house you got to <laughs> you got to you got to you got to get used to it <laughs> yeah thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast here from all of us at mountain deer good luck this fall can't wait to hear what you guys have to say can't wait to share a whole bunch with you and uh get coco puff back it's not gonna be long only a few weeks we're gonna be at camp i can't I wait residence awesome. day is the 31st it's halloween this year okay i love Ooh. it yeah
2: spooky bug yeah, yeah i've, I've seen some great bug. pumpkins Casper. out there sitting on
1: stumps <laughs> the you know the guys that were just like straight headed to orange yep. i love those yep. right All right, guys. Thank you so much from all of us here at Mountain Deer. We'll see you later. Have a good one, guys. So long. Happy hunting.